I've come to a realization that you know how there are pineapple on pizza type people and not pineapple on pizza type people? I feel like the same thing goes for are you a horoscope person or a not horoscope person? <laughs> so if you're a horoscope person, today's episode is definitely for you. And if you're not a horoscope person, well, fast forward the first five minutes then. <laughs> and then today's episode is still for you because Lexi Sukareff is on the show. But actually, if you're not a horoscope person, I challenge you to listen to the first five minutes, gain some insight, and I bet I will convert you to the enlightened side. On the Boss Chick Project today, we're talking mentors, self-care, self-awareness, a little bit of horoscopes and astrology, and how Lexi created such an amazing name and brand for herself with her company, Daub and Design. It's an incredible brand, mostly known for the fitness clothing in Mm -hmm. Vancouver. She is an artist Mm -hmm. at the core, and she hand dyes every single piece of that fabric. Mm -hmm. That is her artistry, and she has created like one of a kind, the most unique garments. Mm -hmm. It's like wearing art. It's amazing. Yeah, and I think that's something to note that's really important about her work is that everything is ethically and responsibly produced in Vancouver, BC. Like it's all local and What she said to us and what she wanted to share is that all of her garments are intended to make the wearer feel confident, strong, and comfortable in their active and everyday life. And so we had the honor of interviewing her for today's episode. And I think one thing that was really cool about her is we actually got a chance, I got a chance to chat with her before we interviewed her. And I remember I I messaged Cassandra afterwards. I was like, we have to interview her. And you were like, yeah, no, I know. Like, I'm so interested about her business. I was like, honey, no, 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 no. that's not why. Like, we're excited about the business. But I was on the phone with Lexi and we were chatting and like, we were talking about something so business related just like money and financials and she just stops me and she's just like what's your sign and I was like um I'm a pardon me but also I'm so intrigued I'm a Libra and she was like wait me too like when's your birthday and I was like September 26th and she was like shut up my birthday is September 26th and I was like Cassandra it's over we have to have her what are the odds to meet someone who has the exact same birthday as you this is just right? a match maiden <laughs> bosses will see you now well everyone who knows us knows that we are yeah super into astrology and super into horoscopes and reading your charts reading your sign like the big three Cassandra what I'm obsessed with my big three I'm a Virgo sun Leo rising Scorpio moon I'm so sorry (laughs) like apologizing in advance I'm sorry yeah it makes so much sense and the reason why I am the favorite of the two boss chicks is because Mm -hmm. I am a Libra (laughs) sun so as soon as we found that out Alexi we're like yeah gotta have her she's coming on the pod like 10 out of 10 one thing that me and you have realized this last week is we discovered this company Oh oh my gosh I'm obsessed it actually is like an amazing website it's called truly divine Mm -hmm. and so i'm also like i know my big three but i don't really know more than that Mm -hmm. but i've been like in lots of facebook groups and even on tiktok like i'm on astrology tiktok Uh and they keep on being like you need to know your birth chart yeah so i've started to look into my birth chart and truly divine has a total like full analysis Mm -hmm. of your natal chart as a relationship Mm -hmm. compatibility everything you would ever need to understand about your place in the universe you can find on this website it's insane yeah and i actually got my own personalized reading from them because <laughs> you know sometimes you're just questioning your life a little bit and you have to do it <laughs> but the 
natal chart and numerology each were like a 35 page pdf document it was so accurate and in a way it you know boosted my self-esteem a bit i was reading and i was like oh yeah like they tell you about the things that you love about yourself they're like oh you're so charming life of the party and i was like oh yes give it to me you know and then <laughs> there were the things that were also very accurate but you know the things that you sometimes like to be in denial a bit about yourself sometimes hurt. <laughs> like oh wait mm-hmm. no you don't know how to express your emotions or sometimes you can be perceived mm-hmm. this way to people when you think you're coming across another way so I think it just yeah. helps you become really self-aware and help you become the best version of yeah. yourself the website is truly divine they're actually the sponsor of this week's episode shout out so thank you so much for yeah. your support and we want to return yeah. it but honestly you guys I can vouch for their 65 page analysis like it was in-depth and riveting and like I showed it to my mom and she came into my room and was like Kennedy the triggers were accurate as heck (laughs) so I totally recommend them go get that reading learn some stuff about yourself which I feel like is also a bit of the theme of today's episode so let's get into this week's episode Lexi we're so excited to have you thank you so much for coming on the boss chick project well I'm happy to be here thanks for having me and while we're on the topics of astrology I want to ask you about your take on manifestation it's kind of a big trend right now like I know people have been doing it forever but I see so much of it on the internet like what is your take on it do you use it so being a Libra yes and no like I'm very balanced I can see this huge dream and then at the same time I'm like here's the reality of getting there and so I think Mm -hmm. part of being an entrepreneur as well has kind of like grounded me in that and as I've grown as an entrepreneur I've had to like really figure out the logistics of things I know in one of the the questions was how have you grown as a leader or Mm -hmm. what have you learned and and that that's been a huge part of it is like I have all these dreams but they're all very logical but like absolutely dream big know that it takes time to get there. And sometimes mm-hmm. you're just not there yet. Like I'm a, I'm a firm believer of things happen when they're supposed to happen. And sometimes things don't line up. And instead of being disappointed, like just know that that opportunity may come along at a different time in your life and be like tenfold. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like mm-hmm. maybe you don't get the job you wanted now, but maybe you didn't have that expertise that would have taken you to that next level there's just there's a reason that everything happens yeah no I'm a I'm a totally a firm believer of that that in-between stage caused you to actually go higher and achieve more than you would have had you had that initial opportunity but were there times in your business where you felt oh I don't know if I can do this or were you always constantly like no this is what I want this is what I'm gonna do this is what's gonna happen even in the low points because starting a business there has to be points when it's like is this gonna work I've always just kind of done it And just I started and I did it and I just experimented and then I tried things and then it worked or in retrospect, they didn't work. But I don't even know if I really noticed they didn't work. I was like, Oh, like, let's try this instead. And, and like, there have been times where it's been really hard. And I didn't know if I wanted to continue. But I didn't know what else I would do. And There's also a thing that happens and it's been very common on my own entrepreneurial journey, but if I'm not happy, I just have to wait it out. It's usually because I'm frustrated. I can't get where I want to be. I don't have the answers. What am I going to do? And then it's like, I look at the alternative and I'm like, okay, cool. So I could go get a nine to five. And that whole concept doesn't even make sense to me. I work like six until eight every day and it's doing what I love. And so that's the difference. And it's not to say that a nine to five is good it the world runs on nine to five I totally get it the way that I'm now able to structure my life like I love it I like getting up at six seven usually (laughs) 
in the winter. <laughs> like when it's dark out, it's really hard to get up at six. Oh, but God. six is like the best for me to be efficient, I find. I like to get things off my plate first thing. Like usually, especially if I come in, come in, if I start <laughs> on a Monday morning <laughs> and then like I open my inbox and I'm like, there's so many people who have caught up on their stuff that they need to do mm-hmm. over the weekend, which includes asking me questions. And so I need to get to those usually first thing in the morning because there's other stuff I need to do. And then they also will have a response. And so if I can get to that halfway through the day, and then sometimes there is a dialogue. So I can get that going. I've just like cleared stuff off of my plate. Mm-hmm. So we were talking a bit before about your title and how you see yourself as an entrepreneur, but also mainly a creative director. And I think that's a pretty unique term. And it's kind of how you go back and forth with being an artist and owning your own business and creating your own product. So do you want to speak a little bit to that and why you consider yourself that way? I struggle with the term artist so much. Like when people are like, mm-hmm. oh, are you an artist? And I'm like, no. And they're like, are you a designer? I'm like, not really. What are you? Are you a businesswoman? You know, like there, there doesn't seem to be one term that really works. fits me except like entrepreneur, yeah. creative director. I like that term. And I think sometimes maybe we spend so much time trying to define what it is that we are that I would argue that maybe sometimes it limits us. Like, yeah, I could see that. For me, creative director kind of encompasses everything. Like I, and because my job is huge, like I source all the fabric, I desi- decide what pieces we're going to make. I take them to like our pattern drafter, our grader. Like I, I handle all the logistics of that. I'm driving to my sewer and picking up stuff. Mm-hmm. We're getting samples made. And those are all little like tasks that mm-hmm. I'm learning to delegate. But yeah. it's always like a struggle because it's also like, oh, I know how to do that. I'll just do it. It'll be faster. And then it's on my list for like five months. Well, Cassandra, you're like that. I'm like that. We're both the type of people where we're like, oh, we could give it to other people to do or we just do it ourselves. We know it's done a certain way. We don't have to worry about it. But there gets to a point in business and being an entrepreneur, you have to delegate. Otherwise, how do you grow yeah. and get things done? I started the business in 2010 mm-hmm. and I started with doing everything myself. So it was very scrappy. It was like, I'm going to build a website. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like I didn't have investors. I had no idea really what I was doing. And I say that in the most candid way and not in a bad way. Like I don't, I don't think it was, it was bad at all. It let me explore. It let me figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to design. Like I, I actually took over a space in Gastown. I randomly opened up someone's email. I'd never opened her newsletter before. And it was like, I'm subleasing this place in Gastown. I have to leave. Um, anybody wants to come see it it's up for grabs so I went down and I looked at it and I was like oh my god I love this space and at the time I had graduated from university I had a cut table I had I was living in a suite and my boyfriend had moved in and because we needed like a living space we took down my cut table it was like sitting behind the the couch we weren't I wasn't doing anything with my degree and I was just kind of like I was just working And I was like, I know I don't want to do this for the rest of my life, what I was doing at the time. And I wanted to have a space to go work on things. It's really hard to do it in a home with your boyfriend living there, like in a small space. And so I got this space and I fell in love with it. I loved being there. It was great. I could have all my stuff out. I didn't have to clean up. I could get artistic. I could hang fabric. I could just play. And so it was like this beautiful time before like I really had a, clue what the reality was if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. it was like this tiny little section of time 
that mm-hmm. like I, I won't ever get to go back to. And so I think looking on it like 10 years later is is an incredible thing. And also just to be like so proud of how I started and how I got to where I am. I remember... I was standing at my cut table and I was just like, and if you ask me anything about anything right now, I would have an answer. It might not be the right answer, but it would be like a very educated, good guess. I don't know, like name anything. I would be like, yeah, like I got this. I had never had that feeling of pride and confidence before. I don't know if it's missed by society in kind of teaching women how to feel that about themselves we're always kind of second guessing ourselves like oh should we be doing this and we kind of chat to each other about it and internalize it and I think that somehow somehow we need to get that out more like sooner Mm -hmm. it's just something I notice and I I think also it just comes with time comes with learning and pushing forward there's that saying like you have to learn how to work on your business not in your business And that's a huge thing too, is when you take that step and you're able to delegate and you're always trying to be one step ahead because all these things have to happen in a, in a sequence, like one can't come before the other. I can't Mm -hmm. make a garment if I don't have the fabric or the, like the entire production will get held up if we don't have a label. When you get to the next level, which I'm working on, it would be like training someone to order those things. It's just that it's such an epic mistake if they forget. And so that's yeah. <laughs> but I think that's true because when you look at some companies and some CEOs, like they only know what happens at the top. They don't know all the levels of the company. Then they don't understand when they push things this way or delegate this way that you have to understand all aspects of your business. And that's definitely something that I was told starting out. Um, I did a design competition and I remember one of the judges, I went up just to say thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure meeting you. And she was like, like, you know what you need to do? You need to understand every single aspect of your business before you can grow this business in order for it to grow. Because if you don't know what person A is doing in relation to person B in relation to person C, Mm -hmm. and how to respect those other Mm -hmm. positions. I try not to do this, but occasionally I do like my printer, for example, he'll turn things around in an hour for me. And I know that but Mm -hmm. out of respect, we should try not to do that because a lot of people and myself included, it, it's hard to, to find boundaries because I think again, as women, I know from myself, like I am a people pleaser. I do want, I don't want to say no to you. That's how we got you to be on the podcast. She just didn't want to say no. She didn't want to do it. She was just like, I can't say no. So I have to do this podcast. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, it's so hard for me to say no. And like, but I'll try to delegate it and, um, one of the girls that I'm working for me right now, she's like, no problem, I'll do it. I'm like, yeah, she's like, I'll do it. <laughs> that kind of like leads into another topic of just you have to ask for help. And you'd be surprised mm-hmm. how many people will just say yes. Kennedy and I have like talked about this before, but we totally feel like women are kind of raised to be the helpers instead of asking for help. And it's kind of seen as like, we think it's weak to ask for help. So I think probably lots of entrepreneurs as well feel this way that they can ask for help. And there's so much on their plates because they don't want to seem weak. But in reality, everyone is there wants to support you. And that's how we're going to lift up other women is by asking for help and helping those around us too. Totally. I know I do struggle with asking for help. It's definitely something that that hinders me. I'm learning to get better at it. But I think also there's this fear that if I ask, someone will say no, or they'll say worse, Mm -hmm. they'll say yes, and then not do it. And so (laughs) and that's, that's like that ties back into what we were talking about earlier, where you're like, it's just faster to do it myself. 
Yeah. Or even worse, they'll do it, but it's all wrong. And then you're like, now I have to pay you to do it. Now I have to take my time to redo it. So how have you found being able to, you know, when you have to understand your whole business and you're starting with just you and you have to do accounting and marketing and promotion and building the product, like you are doing essentially every single aspect. How did you know your limits? I think that for one, like you really need to look at your skill set. Like if you have a degree in finance or I don't even know what that means but like I have an accounting degree degree. (laughs) if you have have a degree in accounting great Mm -hmm. so you could do your bookkeeping or that kind of thing I have a degree in fine arts I'm not doing accounting it's not something that works for me so that was the very first thing I heard was an accountant I was like okay I can't do this someone else can tell me what they need from me and I can give that to them. One of my best pieces of advice, get your finances in order. You can't run a business and not understand finance mm-hmm. and your cash flow. And in a business, cash flow is everything, especially in a small business. You know, like if you're leaving a corporate job and you have a great income, get a line of credit now because once you're an entrepreneur, nobody wants to give you anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have no income? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> a line of credit. So, and it's not to say like, you're going to even use the line of credit, but you might need it. Yeah, I think it's a lot about weighing risk and reward. And have you felt like with your business, you've had to really adapt and change to your environment in the last 10 years since you've started it? Right now, I mean, with the pandemic, like we've shifted everything online. Mm -hmm. We're making a lot of changes to our, our business and just knowing to, to make those changes. Mm-hmm. If I just kept going the same way we were going for so long, like we'd be in major trouble. People purchase online very differently than how they purchase in person. Some things are selling, some things aren't. Totally fine. It doesn't mean they're bad products. I know that we're just, maybe we're not giving them enough attention or maybe they're not showing well enough in our photo shoot. Do we have models that represent the clients that buy those? Sometimes it can even be a price point. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like we choose our numbers of prices very specifically. Like 143 is a dumb number. I'm not calling anything 143. 148, however, sounds a lot better. Is that just something that you've come up with? Yeah, I mean, like a society has chosen certain numbers. And to me, if you put 0.99 at the end of something, like 199, it sounds like a deal. I'm not interested Mm -hmm. in that. Don't want to sound like a bargain. Totally. And I mean, it could be like us pair of leggings for like $199.99. No, I'll just call it $198. Sounds so much better. We're not mm-hmm. making leggings that expensive. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because my point is that it, it's not yeah. cheap, but it sounds yeah. cheap because of the that's $99. That's true. Cents. Yeah, that is very true. So all this business knowledge, is it something that you totally gained as you worked through starting this business or did you have some business information and knowledge that came from your education or experience beforehand? Well, kind of. (laughs) I went to Blanche McDonald and I learned about like fashion merchandising. So that was kind of like the basis of my fashion business knowledge. And it was great. I was in fairness, I was too young to really take the program and really know how to get what I wanted out of it. And that's one point that I'll say to education, like what you put in and or job or the gym or whatever your meal prep, what you put into it, you'll get out to grasp the concept of a bigger picture. I had just started, I'd gone traveling for a year. I came back. I was like, I want to do fashion design and end up doing merchandising instead. And I was like 18. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I didn't know what I wanted. I was a server through university. I worked at the keg steakhouse mm-hmm. and I loved it. It taught me a lot about like standards, management. 
expectations, like especially customer expectations. Mm-hmm. Greet everyone within 30 seconds at the door, walk them to their table within this time frame. say hello within like this amount of time, get their drinks on the table. And it's this natural flow that you expect when you're in a restaurant. Yeah. And so it's the same thing in retail. Our internal clock knows when we should have been helped. Working in the service industry is, I feel like how you develop the soft skills to be an entrepreneur, to learn how to deal with people, to manage. Like for me, it was great. And I did it for 10 years. I learned how to multitask. I learned how to prioritize. I learned how to speak to people. I learned how to get what I want by being nice. Yelling at people never works. Being rude doesn't work. And that will continue through the rest of my career. If you yell at me, I'm not doing it for you. I'm sorry. And don't get me wrong. I do think that some things have been blown out of proportion at this stage in life and customer expectations can go a little sideways sometimes based on (laughs) other company standards. Mm -hmm. But it's also really easy to communicate that and be like, you know what, like, we're not a big box store. This is what we can do. This is why we're limited. Yeah. And I think that's something that can scare away a lot of people from wanting to go and start their own thing is, you know, the stresses and worries of things like that, like trying to satisfy your customers or dealing with that if you're not a very confrontational person. Do you have advice for people who maybe want to to go out and start something like in the way of finding someone who can give you support or a mentor? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Some of your best mentors will not be in your industry. They're not doing the same thing as you at all. And that's just something to also recognize. If anything, it would be better to ask somebody outside my industry because they have a fresh lens. I know I was doing some mentorships with an entrepreneurial group here in Vancouver And I got paired with somebody who had owned a clothing store, but she was on her way out. She didn't want to do it anymore. And she was like totally discouraging me from even going through the whole clothing aspect. She's like, oh, you should be doing other stuff. And like retail's dead. And it's so like hard with online and just forget about it. Don't do wholesale. And in some ways, if I had listened to her advice verbatim, I'd be shut down. I wouldn't be doing this anymore. But having the the confidence and the understanding that, okay, so this is what she said. This is her experience. It's external. But there are tidbits of so much wisdom in there. You know, like the little stuff that she mentioned on the side or, you know, like we were talking about math stuff that I didn't understand. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even, like, how am I going to get through this? I have no idea what I'm doing. But, you know, like that I learned from her. So you have to look at like what you can extract from it. And if someone tells you no, look at why they're saying that from their perspective, why that didn't work for them. Mm -hmm. But don't go too far down that rabbit hole. And how someone else did it is most likely not the same way that you're going to do it. Every business is different. Everybody is different. I mean, you can compare that to relationship. Your parents' relationship is different than my parents' relationship. And they could both be great or not. Who knows? But there's no right or wrong answer. It's just how it works. And it could be who, like in business, it could be who you're surrounded with. It could be maybe you're in a partnership. Maybe you're sole proprietor. Maybe you have a board of directors. Like, All of these things will influence how you do business. There is literally no right or wrong answer. It's what works for you. I think there's so much you can take away from someone who has experience, good and bad. You can see the way that they did things. 
and I find in so many careers once people make it they're so willing to share the good the bad the ugly the truth I think any insight is good insight totally I think it's super interesting that on your website you talk about being sustainable and fair wages and having safe working conditions so how does that kind of sustainability influence the decision of your brand I've just always wanted to manufacture in Canada I've wanted to work small. The concept of making that into a huge production, like hand dyeing it Mm -hmm. or handing that dye process off to somebody else just doesn't really Mm -hmm. jive with me. So nerve wracking thinking that I would send my file overseas and then it'd be mass produced by everyone else and end up on like Nike and them just being, I don't know, we bought the print or it wouldn't be Nike, but you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like they have, (laughs) that would be cool. (laughs) No, no, I don't want to do that. I'm joking, totally joking. Please don't steal myself. <laughs> I mean, you you just don't have that control over things. That's also part of the, the beautiful process of the entire line. Like I, I see people come into my booth and they when we're talking about um, these pieces, it's always like the hand-dyed pieces. There is something magical about them. We always have them grouped together. And people come through and they literally are like, this is the one. Like, this is the one I want. And then I'm like, and I'm like I hope that's their size. And then they're like, it's my size. Mm-hmm. You care about it. You're not just in it to make, you know, the mass amounts of money and send all your products off and get the revenue. It's still like an art form to you. Like how you started it and you want to keep it that way and that's part of your business that's unique that's going to attract people because if they buy your leggings your clothes when they walk down the street they're probably going to be the only person wearing that type of other people might be wearing your brand but it's specific to them it's what they found in the store yeah yeah and like we are still very like niche market like Mm -hmm. so many people haven't heard of us and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that you know what I mean? Mm. Like when people are like, they'll see someone wearing my pants and they'll be wearing a different pair and it's like, oh, hey, those are dogs. And we're like, like oh, I need my sunglasses. Like, like, I know, totally. It's, like, <laughs> it's just like, it's kind of cool. It's like if you're in the know, you, you know. Part of an elite um, club, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's also very, like, friendly. And yeah, and welcoming. <laughs> I've never wanted to have this, like, exclusive brand that people couldn't join mm-hmm. if they weren't, you know, a certain look or whatever. Like, I think my goal would be to help women feel confident, strong, and comfortable in their clothes and their bodies, essentially, but just in their everyday and active life. You know, like you can feel powerful in your career, but then you try something new and maybe you're at the gym and you don't feel as strong and confident. I want to give you an an outfit that makes you feel confident Mm -hmm. and strong enough to do whatever comes your way. Yeah, I think like brands have a big responsibility, especially fitness brands to make sure that they're kind of changing that narrative about a fitness culture being like just super skinny, tiny people that are automatically good at it. So how do you portray that positive body image in your marketing? We are trying to have models that look different. Um, I know, I don't know if you've ever gone through like a model or like an agency's main board or whatnot. And we try to find models that look a little different, still fit our brand as well. But you know, if we can find somebody who is a different size or a different age, age is the next thing I really want to tackle. That's really important. This idea that women aren't beautiful after a certain age or anything like that whole thing is like hocus pocus to me. Like some of like the most beautiful women I know are, well, I mean, they're all ages to be honest. And I think as you, as you get older too, like you have that confidence and confidence is sexy. Confidence is beautiful. Knowing who you are is stunning. You see those stronger, older ladies and you're just like, Oh, I want to be that. 
that's what I want to be when I'm older is have that much confidence and feel that good working out. And I think it'd be awesome to see a campaign. I don't think I've ever seen a fitness clothing campaign with it's, women above the age of 30. I don't. I don't think there really have been that I can think of. We do use agency models. So like that is a cost and people don't realize that that is sometimes why a brand only has one model. Yeah. I think the big brands could definitely be doing more. Yeah. For sure. I'd lo- I'd love to see that. I would love to see some of the the bigger fitness brands. Like even when I'm just looking at trends and I'm like, how would that look mm-hmm. on a different size body? And then I'm like, yeah. I can't even find a picture. Yeah. Yeah, so one thing um, I think it's really important to note is that like Dob is not just about fitness. It's, yeah. It is clothing that you can wear for working out, but it's mm-hmm. also like you can wear it for your act. We say for your active and everyday life. And so you might just love the print. You might love the sweater. You might, I don't know, maybe you want to sleep in it. Maybe want to lay on the couch. Maybe want to wear it to work. Really mm-hmm. keeping that in mind and wearing it when you feel comfortable. I really, I think that comes across in your marketing too. I've really noticed just on your Instagram that when you look at your page, it's not like people doing insanely hard yoga moves. It's like people practicing wellness and you can kind of see that the clothing itself is there for like everyday life. Recognizing that people are all in different stages and creating also like a welcoming brand for any age what you said earlier about practicing wellness like making it an everyday part of your life and so when you come home put your stuff down in a I'd say organized fashion but I kind of just dump my shit at the door stuff at the door sorry and then I'm like okay I'm home and it's like I come home take a moment for yourself like even if it means like putting on the kettle and like as it's boiling, sit down and just ground yourself. It's only going to be like two minutes for that kettle to boil. But take that time. Take that time to sit down when you eat instead of eating it on the go. Like I'm so notorious for that. I actually feel really lucky that I've fallen into the the wellness category just kind of by default. I think just having little cues throughout the day, like even if you have a post-it note on your mirror that says breathe 10 times or what are your goals today how do you want to feel and you're like thinking about how you want to feel as opposed to what do I need to get done one of the things that one of my managers taught me years ago was say you have a list there's 10 things on it and you've started one of them instead of not crossing it off or just ignoring it putting like a circle next to it and then that tells you that you're working on it call somebody they don't pick up. It's like, okay, I have done that. And you acknowledge it. And so instead of just being like, oh, there's nothing crossed off on my list. Or on the flip side, if your list isn't getting anywhere, but you are working, writing down every single thing you've completed and crossing it off. This whole idea of multitasking. And I think in the past, like society has really glorified being busy. This term, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm so busy. How are you Mm -hmm. busy? What are you what are you up to? Oh, I'm I'm just so busy. (laughs) And it's like (laughs) Okay, so my challenge to you Mm -hmm. is take that word out of your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Take it out. How are you? I'm great. I'm working on this new project that's really inspiring. Oh no, wait, tell me about the project. You know, like changing our language to 
change our relationships, to change our thoughts, to change our mindset. I think it's cool that to hear you say that because I think if you had a nine to five, that's an easier thing to be able to do to say, oh, we'll turn your brain off after work. And now we're focusing on this and we're doing this. And I'm, you know, I'm not getting paid right now. So I'm going to do something else. But for you, it's like you could technically be working all the time. You could be doing something for your business. Mm -hmm. You know, like understanding that boundary. And I had to do it for a year where like I came home and I didn't open my computer. I had to turn off. And part of it also was I had found somebody that I wanted to turn it off for, you know, but in order to make that work, I know I had to (laughs) do it and put it into practice Mm -hmm. and careers are important. But whether it's a relationship with a partner or your parents or your sister, you know, like you have to put that effort in. It's not that easy to get them back once they're gone. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's really important. It's a big trade-off. Cassandra and I have talked about that too because we're both very, I'm going to use the word, but busy people. (laughs) We had a conversation one time where we were like, yeah, remember all those times I would ask you to hang out and you wouldn't because you were busy? And then we realized there were times when we resented each other in our friendship because of that. And you don't really realize that when you're when you're in it and you're like no I have to focus I have to put my head down I have to do this I think so and like as I got started I was so busy and I felt very alone I really realized that I didn't want to get to like the top of my game or or whatever and be alone one of the things that really inspires me is to feel supported by other people there was a time pre-covid where I was literally on the road at least once a month, be mm-hmm. so drained and so emotionally dead and exhausted. I wouldn't even say dead because there was a lot of tears and crying and everything that comes out when you're not processing your emotions. It was like this horrible feeling of being alone and not being able to celebrate all the success that I had. And I spoke to a few other people who were kind of on the same circuit and they're like, oh yeah, I totally do that too. And I'm like, ooh. I was like, I don't want to be doing this. And they were like, me neither. And so like learning what your limit and your capacity is as well. Yeah, I think that's a very valuable lesson for people to know and to see someone successful and that's doing what they love, but that they still need to have found that balance. I think that's a great message to share with people. Something else I know we really wanted to talk about was the difficulty of everything being online and not just for, you know, sales and retail, but for your mental health not even as a business, but just as a person and kind of all that's been going on on social media. With everyone working from home and as we become more digital as well, I think remembering that there's a human on the other side of whatever's happening, whether it's an email request for something or you're so disappointed about a product. It's like, it's guys like, are you so disappointed? Just tell me what's going on. I'll probably fix it for you. But like this, this language that, that we've been taught to get our way honestly if you're upset about something don't send it don't react just wait yeah oh yeah (laughs) and if someone hasn't gotten back to an email Mm -hmm. where you've reamed them out don't send another one and read them out no. again. <laughs> Has this happened to you? You like, see, it seems triggering. Like, <laughs> it seems triggered. Yeah, I, I no, <laughs> I think <laughs> like, it's, it, you know. but I don't even, I don't even think it's just how people word emails. I think it's, it's a lot easier. It, it'd be harder for me to go walk into your store, look you in the face and go, 
take these back than it would be for me to send you an email when you can't see me and go, um, you're a bad business, take my leggings back. Like, it's because people can hide behind the computer. And I feel like people's empathy has actually gone down in the sense that I just feel like I see so much more negativity on the internet. I feel Uh, like it has become a very judgmental sphere. And what I'd like to remind people is that, again, we all make mistakes. And would you want to be publicly shamed for yours. And let's just say that again. We all make mistakes. Would you want to be publicly shamed for yours? I don't want to be. I just watched a few brands and people go down this year where I'm and some have risen back up and like some I know will and they'll be great. And others had made really, really bad choices. All your actions have consequences. Nothing is sacred if like kennedy if i sent you a text Mm -hmm. it's there screenshot find it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so before you say anything or write anything really consider whether or not it needs to be said for people to realize like what's on social media is is also not the person to like kind of detach yourself from your social media persona and we've talked about this before when you post something online it it kind of is there as like your brand for people to pass judgment on because you're putting it out there for them to see. You have to also kind of detach from who you are online. It's not your, your value isn't who you are online. I think it brings up two really important things. One would be looking at the value of yourself if you're not getting likes or if a photo doesn't perform, you cannot hold your self-worth to that photo. What I was going to say is, Everyone is sitting at home right now and or most people are like if they're on their computers working from home. You just went, you grabbed like a glass of water and came back. No, they haven't emailed you back yet. It's like yeah. waiting for somebody who you like have a crush on to, to text you back. Like, Why haven't they texted me back? And then, Would you send them another crazy text? No. Never. Oh my gosh. Libras don't do that. Oh, no. We never never double text. Are you kidding me? Leave that boy on red right now. <laughs> yeah. So I like there's there's this condensed version of our day that's happening. We're bored, we're waiting, we want the answer mm-hmm. and there's this impatience and almost like and I mean this in the kindest way, but almost like a childlike expectation of like mm-hmm. when is it coming? When is it coming? Like is this over yet? Mm-hmm. Like and I mean we've all been sitting through the pandemic and you know when you're a kid in the car and you're like, Are we there yet? Oh, that's the perfect definition of it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people do that. They have those unrealistic, unhealthy expectations because it's the only semblance of control that they can have over their life. They're like, I can control what emails I get. If you, if you answer me, I can get this thing done for work, but that's all I have control over right now. I, and it's not to, to defend unhealthy behavior, but it's like a control thing, I think partially. Totally. And it it is about control. And everything has been out of our control and like one of the things that we can all try to find are those little bits that lift us up yeah I think that's a really good point to share and I think that really wraps everything up nicely and kind of the overall theme of what I've gotten from you today is just finding the good and finding the positive in situations and other people but also caring enough about yourself to take care of yourself so we want to ask you some boss shit questions as well so we ask all of our guests and the first question being what is a local business that you would like to plug and support that you think could use some love and that people can, should go and 
support. Okay, so first of all, there's so many. I'm loving VIP fitness right now for like personal training and very small but safe workouts. Mm. Also Hustle, they have workouts at home. Oh, and that's sweet. I them in the, it's a great team. They're all about diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Our last question that we asked all our guests is what is your boss chick anthem for when you need to feel like a boss? I usually just throw on Spotify. And honestly, <laughs> guys, I'm so bad at remembering. Okay, but you said a dog playlist. What's this dog playlist? Oh, there's a dog playlist. Yes. Ooh. So we made them to go with the yoga mat. And so I throw everything I like on there. Cool. There's like dog workout feel good and job unplugged and it's not like acoustic it's just like more chill yeah when you go on so, spotify to listen to the boss chick project also listen to the dog playlist there you go <laughs> two in one just like our favorite so mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome thank you so much for being on the podcast yeah of course like lexi is just such a wealth of knowledge it's so incredible that we were able to interview somebody who has kind of started just having a vision and a passion to having a super successful company. I think she's a great example for a lot of young women looking to start something new on and out on their own. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really cool how open she was of, you know, the struggles and stresses she had with boundaries and how far she's come though. Like she's so self-aware of you know, her boundaries. And like, also, I think when you're young, it's so easy to just put your head down and work and just go like, you know, I'll do relationships, I'll do the family stuff later. Like, those things that you know, will always be there. It's easy to take for granted. But I think it's important. And I know it's important for me to hear for sure that she reminds of like the importance of friendships and families, you know, success isn't everything. Yeah, I think that that's like a lesson that we've had to kind of deal with with COVID is like keep your family and the ones that you care about really close to you Mm -hmm. and especially like when we carry it out in our lives it returned to busyness and although we're not allowed to use the word busy anymore can't use busy sorry sorry Lexi overwhelming again (laughs) yeah it's good to remember to keep those people as close to us as possible Mm -hmm. that's true and that's a lesson that I'll take with me as well that you know Mm -hmm. I'm gonna remove busy from my vocabulary It's going to be hard. It's going to be it's gonna be difficult. Guys, go check out Lexi's clothes. Go check out Daub and Design. DaubandDesign.com. She has amazing clothes, amazing prints. So you can have your very own one-of-a-kind artist print on your body. It'll be amazing. Follow her on Instagram, Daub and Design on Instagram, D-A-U-B. Check out her stuff and go support local, especially during these times. Thank you so much, Lexi. We really appreciate having you on the show and for sharing your wisdom and taking the time to speak with us on the Boss Chick Project. Absolutely. It's so cool to see her vision come to life, and I hope you can help our vision come to life. So we would love it if you could like. Like. Subscribe. Subscribe. Download. Rate and review. Follow, (laughs) message us, maybe even share. Do all the things. You know, be daring. Toss that share. Toss that follow. <laughs> Take a risk on us. Take a risk. <laughs> calculated risk. Calculated reward. Your birth you know? chart says you should. And also check out trulydivine.com for all of your birth chart analysis needs. Mm-hmm. Get that reading. Absolutely. So thank you for them as well, to them as well, for sponsoring this week's mm-hmm. episode of The Boss Chick Project. We love businesses supporting businesses. And with that, the bosses are out. The office is closed. We'll see you next week.